The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome to an episode, hopefully it's brand new, unless you've heard it before, then it's not brand new, I think. Well, it's, uh, that's odd. I am one of your hosts, I am Johnny Towns, and I'm joined, as always, by my good pal, my compadre, my partner in crime, Mr. Christopher Chavez. What's up, creepers? And I have to say, that would be odd if they had already heard this, because we haven't even said it yet. You just exploded my brain. <laughs> how you doing, dude? I don't even know how to comprehend what just what you just said. You're right. They're from the future. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. I mean, you were just discussing Halloween for both of us. Oh. Uh, as as the listeners know, you're up in New York and I'm down in North Carolina, but it sounds like our Halloween was uh, wet for both of us. Similar. Yeah, we had uh, hurricane-style winds and just rain and... I felt so bad for the kids, man. I really did. Like, you know, there was a lot of kids heartbroken that they weren't going to be able to go for their first Halloween trick-or-treating. Well, you know, when we were kids, and I'm sure you're the same way, I looked forward to trick-or-treating all year. Oh, yeah. So that's got to be, like, I, I can't I can't even imagine. I'd be devastated <laughs> if I was a kid. Yeah, seriously. I'm, def- I'm devastated as an adult if I don't get a candy bar. So <laughs> uh, I get it. <laughs> You get to Walgreens, you're like, I got to get that one candy bar I've been looking for. You get there, the, the, it's empty. Yeah. Heartbroken. Yeah, if, I don't get my Reese's, if I don't get my Reese's Pieces, uh, heads are going to roll. <laughs> Was that your favorite one, the Reese's Pieces? Oh, yeah. Reese- Papa's got to have some Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Reese's anything, really. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the peanut butter cups, too, but I don't know what it was about the Reese's Pieces. I just love them. Maybe it was E.T.'s influence on me. Uh, I don't know. Easily. But, easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always a funny story, too. Like, that could have been Eminem's, but Eminem's was like, nah, we don't think so. Really? Is that the, the yeah. story behind it? Yes. Yes, that's the truth. <laughs> it was going to be Eminem's at first. But they reached out to Eminem's, and Eminem's were like, no, nah, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah. And then the Reese's Pieces I mean, exploded, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like M&Ms are doing bad for themselves, no. so let's be fair. But, right. but you know, it uh, helped put Reese's Pieces on the map as far as I'm concerned. And in a bunch of kids' bellies. Yes, for sure. And one uh, rapidly approaching middle-aged adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it was a wet Halloween, and now it seems that we're we're coming out of it. We're hitting November now. It's out of the spooky month, but we still do spooky here. At the Creeper oh, Clubhouse, it's Halloween. It's Halloween at the Creeper Clubhouse all year long. Yes, sir. We don't we don't take any time off from the creepy. No, not at all. Including today. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was telling you, Chris. Now, for me, one of my, uh, I guess you would say, fears, is uh, being in deep water where I can't see the ground. Oh, me you too. Know, I can't see. Nope. Yep. I don't like it at all. No, thank you. Not for me. Yes, it is. That's what uh, that is. Seriously, like a crippling fear. I I freeze in that, and so I know I would drown easily. Yeah, same here. Same here. I just would go right to the bottom. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm don't getting like, like I'm, it, so. I'm getting anxious just thinking about it right now. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. 
I like this feeling. I think it's just something about having no control and being in somewhere where you can't see where you're going oh, God. in a way. I'm starting to double yeah. think. I'm starting to rethink if I want to do this for the topic today. <laughs> I'm going to be like my palms are face sweating the whole time. Yeah, your palms are sweaty. Or, <laughs> my mom's spaghetti. Your knees weak. <laughs> your knees are weak. Your mom's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, every time, and we were we were talking about Eminem earlier, so we might as well bring it back. Get it? Um, yeah. Uh, so we're talking about some haunted, some famous haunted waters. I guess would be the uh, best way to put this. Which is lakes, you know, oceans. Yeah, which is weird because I feel like it was just a few, maybe last month we were discussing this, and I think I said something along the lines of, "How come we always see ghosts on land? Like we never see ghostly apparitions on water, or like you know, we don't ever see anybody swimming." A ghost swimming, you know what I mean, or or, or floating down the river, or kind of just you know screaming for help, kind of like somebody who drowns, right? Wouldn't we see that ghost kind of reliving things sometimes and flash splashing around? I think the closest we ever get is to like a uh, a literal ghost ship, right? Yeah, that's the closest we probably get. So I'm interested. I do to know see this. that yeah. I was I was watching something. I can't remember what it was. But it was on the Travel Channel, and this one guy claimed that he was out on the water. Uh, out here on on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and he looked and he saw like somebody on the water, like just without a boat, just somebody standing there. And the closer he got to them, they they weren't there anymore. Hmm, that's yeah. questionable. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what's on this this uh, list you've procured for us tonight because I've always wondered like why we've not seen ghosts around waters. Isn't that a thing too, though? Like right. that's that's something that ghostly spirits can't cross over water or something. I feel like we hear that sometimes. Um, you know, it's it's also uh, you know water is very important to a lot of uh, a lot of tales and such, a lot of folklore. Uh-huh. You know, um, even in our modern day folklore, like I would say, uh, you know, uh, the lake for the Friday the Thirteenth movies is is very important. Oh yeah. Even I know that, and I've never even seen them. <laughs> but it's Camp Crystal Lake. Everyone knows that. That's right. I do know that. That's pretty strange, right? <laughs> that's how much uh, that's ingrained in pop culture and in our modern day folklore is is that. And you know, water I think is obviously just important to life in general. I mean, that's that's an obvious thing. But it's, it's also got so much power. Like water is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can it can. Uh, sweep you up before you know it and take us out in these areas where we can't see yeah and just think about it just the the force the the sheer force of water helps create electricity do you know what i mean like the fact that we have dams and things like that based on the force of (laughs) the force of water damn yeah Yeah, you're right (laughs) (laughs) yeah no you're right for sure Uh, it's it's gotta be one of the more powerful things uh, you know, it's just, just so much of it can just sweep you up. I've seen video of, uh, when there's floods, terrible floods, oh, like yeah. it literally can take down giant buildings. Yeah. Like it's not like they're nothing. It's, it's mind blowing, mind blowing. And now apparently we have to fear ghostly hauntings around waters. Yeah. So let's just add that to the list of water being, <laughs> being afraid of being, uh, you know, something we should fear. <laughs> so on listverse.com, I found a list of the 10, Haunted Waters of the World. I don't think it's put in any particular order or anything like that. Uh, but it just lists some famous ones 
And it tells a little bit about each one. I thought, hey, let's go through this list. This will be fun. Be kind of our uh, come down from Halloween type thing. Because this is still talking about some ghostly, spooky stuff. Yeah. What's this guy's name? Jeff Mellinger, the writer of this article? Melinger? How would you say that? Uh, Mellinger. Mellinger. Sounds beautiful. I like how you're asking me how to pronounce things. (laughs) Well, I figured you're the resident pronunciere. Isn't that how you say that? That too? I don't even know if you say it that way. (laughs) <laughs> You're a pronunciation. Yeah, people go to yeah. People go to me. You can tell from my, my history of podcasting. They go to me for how to pronounce things. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> how do you want to do this? Do you want to just kind of go back and forth like we do uh, when we hit these lists? I say so. Yeah. All righty. You want to? You want me to get the first one? Yeah, we'll let you. Yeah, end let's on do it. Go ahead. Uh, number ten, right. Lower Yellowstone Falls in Wyoming. I've never now, been to Yellowstone. I was about to ask you because I know you you and your wife went on a cross country trip. Yeah. So I was wondering if you ever went there or not. That's one of those places I've never been there either. I would love to visit, though. We wanted to, and there was, um, it, so we went in April, and there had been a blizzard that, like, blocked off some of the roads, so we couldn't get to it. It was it was in a, impassable. Oh. So we wanted to, but we didn't get a chance to. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Waterfalls can be both beautiful and terrifying. True. Uh, they offer a sense of serenity, but going over the edge is the stuff of nightmares. We have people that go over the edge in Niagara Falls, uh... I would, I'm not going to say all the time, but it's happened a few times now since I've lived here and I've been here going on nine years now. Yeah, I would like just from uh, Niagara Falls is a good example because, you know, down here in North Carolina, uh, if you had asked me like how many people I thought went over Niagara Falls, I would, it feels like it's a lot for, you know, mm-hmm. down here and like we hear about it all. It seems like it happens all the time, maybe <laughs> through pop culture or something yeah. like every day somebody's going through there <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be every day but i would i would say it has happened a few times now since i've been living here um and sometimes it's some it's stupid it's somebody because there's a spot in, uh, uh, along the park in niagara falls where it's it's the river it's not even the falls yet but it's it's pretty um it's almost like rapids you know what i mean and, and there's yeah. nothing stopping you from entering the river if you want to and people go out and take pictures at the very edge and sometimes they try to go stand on a certain rock and they slip and fall in and that thing just pulls you like you said it's powerful the water just sucks you right down to the edge and can you just imagine that right being sucked and knowing where it's taking you and not being able to stop yourself I, I couldn't think of anything worse. Like it, uh-huh. it'd be the same for me as falling from a high oh, God, place. No, thank you, know, you. Yeah, I don't want either one of those things. <laughs> Not at all. All right, let's see what's going on here at the Lower Yellowstone Falls. In 1870, a group of five American militia men and their crow guide. Crow is in the Native American, uh, not not the bird. Um, their crow guide went exploring deep in the canyons of Yellowstone. Native American tribesmen in the area stole all their horses overnight. The militiaman began pursuit and soon uh, caught up while the tribe was crossing the river near the lower falls. The raft and the tribe had the I'm sorry, the raft the tribe had constructed was not strong enough to traverse the strong currents. Most of the horses, however, had already been able to swim their way across. Men and women furiously paddled while the raft began slowly sinking below the water as it headed towards the falls. They began we just said this, right? They began to chant a death song as they got closer to the edge. Allegedly, the explorers raised their hats in salute as the raft went over. Legend has it, two screaming eagles flew by at the same moment. Today, people say that while standing near the falls, they can hear the tribe chanting their death song. That is that is wild to me. And, and creepy. I love that there's two screaming. Yeah, I love that there's two screaming eagles too. Right. 
That just adds to it. I mean, but it's almost kind of <laughs> like, well, what was okay? So what about the Eagles? Like, do we see the Eagles come around again? You know, once in a while. Nope. It's just they wanted to throw that in there. By the way, Eagles kind of yeah. screamed out <laughs> yes. as they were flying. It almost by. sounds like a. Almost is like when a, like a five year old's telling a story. You know, they just they just add little extra details that you know really aren't important. They just wanted to add them. And there was a beaver that went by the, by them also. Yeah, yeah. that's all. Uh, but that yeah. would be creepy, dude, to be out there and all of a sudden you hear this weird kind of eerie chanting. You know what I mean? Oh, that yes. Oof. I've told you before. Any sort of chanting, I mean, especially kids chanting, is even worse. Mm-hmm. But any sort of chanting at night is creepy to me. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Yeah, exactly. So let's go from there to White Rock Lake in Dallas, Texas. Um, I have been to Dallas. I've not been to this lake, though. Hmm. Uh, White Rock Lake began operation in 1911, providing space for people to hike, bike, picnic, fish, and host events. Uh, It's a jack-of-all-trades there, uh, Chris. (laughs) It sounds like a good time. It became a Dallas city park in 1929, yet many residents are wary of visiting lest they encounter the Lady of the Lake. <sighs> Stories about the Lady go back as far as the 1930s. The first written account was made in 1953 by Guy M- Malloy, a former director of displays for Neiman Marcus. Uh, or Is that Neiman Marcus? Is that how they pronounce that? I've it, definitely heard that name before. You're the pronunciere. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, Neiman Marcus. Uh, he reported giving a ride near the lakes to a young girl dressed in one of uh, his wares who claimed to have been in a car accident with her boyfriend nearby. Uh, Malloy gave her a raincoat, but once they went to the address she had provided, she had disappeared. Now, this sounds really familiar, right? Yeah, there's a lot of the hitchhiker, uh, right? There's a, exactly. Yes. Like the, they need to go somewhere. And once you get you, uh, once you get them there, they're gone. Uh, since the claim, many more would go on to say they also picked up the lady. Their stories differed somewhat. Sometimes she wears a nightgown, other times a wedding dress. There's the, the white. There you go. Um, they also give several different versions of her death, such as a boating accident, suicide, or murder-suicide. What they do not differ on, however, is the ride itself. She will often stand on the road near White Rock Lake at night and just beckon to, uh, beckon to cars to pick her up. She prefers the back seat because her dress is wet. Or she's just used to Uber. <laughs> yeah, she's like <laughs> she doesn't want to make conversation with the driver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, she does not speak again, crying through most of the ride. Could you imagine no, that? Like that'd be weird. That's awful. Yes, anybody. I don't care if it's a ghost or not. If anybody's in your backseat just crying, even if you know them, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and like, how do you start driving? Do you know what I'm saying? They just start to cry. I, yeah. I would stop and turn around and be like, "Are you all right? Like, I I don't feel comfortable driving with you breaking down back there." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's because we're you mean you are humans, I and mean, we want to make sure the humans are okay. Uh, as the journey ends, the address given by the lady. Uh, she will disappear or jump out of the car. <laughs> Those who contact the owners of the house will learn that she is a splitting image for a previous owner who drowned years earlier. So yeah, this sounds a lot like the 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 you know the girl the ghostly girl at the side of the road where you you go right. home and you see the shawl so you take it in and the parents are like that she was buried in that or something right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, there's so many different uh, famous roads and stuff that have the same. A uh, very similar tale here. Yeah. So it's like a well-known, 
a well-known folklore type deal. Yeah, that's why this one makes me feel kind of iffy. Like, the first one sounds a little bit more realistic. Like, I think that yes. I could take that and say yes. This one's a little weirder. But ain't that how it kind of usually goes? Yeah. Though, you know? Yeah. We, what's what's next, Chris? We borrow. Next one is Saco River or Seiko River in Maine. The Seiko River. You know we're going to have people from Maine going, oh, God, he's killing it. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the Seiko River in Maine runs about 50 miles from uh, Lovewell Pond to Seiko Bay in the Atlantic Ocean. In 1675, three white men disembarked their ship and rowed up the river. They soon saw a Native American woman in a canoe with her infant son. The drunken men, believing a myth that baby natives could swim, grabbed the baby and threw it into the river. The woman dove. Sounds awful. I know. Good lord. The woman dove in and saved her baby. But it died a week later. As it turned out, the father of the baby was the chief of the local tribe. Incensed, the chief cursed the waters. He asked the spirits to claim the lives of three white men who venture into the river each year. I could not find any statistics on the number of yearly male Caucasian deaths in the river, but I'm very sure I will never dive in. That would be interesting to find out, right? Like, how often yeah. do three white men... like? It's gonna. It, it, after that third white man, no one else ever drowns in the river. Like every year, that'd be strange, dude. That would be really strange. It sounds uh, like something Fox yeah. Mulder would get in on. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Like this would this would come up in oh, a yeah. case, and he'd be like throwing the the, the thing at and uh, at Scully, and he's like three men every year, three men, and then no more. Yeah, like, and I'm and I for one just want to hear a, a story about a nice white man. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the wrong town, buddy. No. <laughs> oh man uh oh you know what then uh i'll throw it out there mr rogers oh there you go there you go there we go that's who i that's who i choose to represent me <laughs> unfortunately no one lives up to his his standards oh, not even close yeah not even close <laughs> what do we got Johnny? we fell like we fell out all the time all right now we're going to devil's pool in australia Ooh. we do have some listeners from the outback so this is uh maybe they can write in to us after they listen to this episode and tell us uh a little bit more about this we, we know uh michael thompson that's right, Michael that's Thompson. Right. Over somehow he's he's a tough guy because uh, I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but Australia just is out to kill you. Yes. on a daily basis. Yes, yeah. I think it's the entire continent itself too. Like it's looking yeah. to just swallow people. Yeah, you're not safe anywhere in Australia. No, no. anybody that lives there is way tougher than I could ever be. Right. I guess. Over the last sixty years, no less than fifteen men have lost their lives at Devil's Pool in Australia. Oof. Legend says. Forbidden love is the call. <gasps> the story goes that a young woman from, oh, um, wow, uh, the Yedninji, I'm really sorry that that's how I said that, <laughs> people uh, named Ulana married a respected elder from her tribe named Warunu. <laughs> Man, I get to learn all these names. <laughs> Resident pronunciation. <laughs> yes. I'm going to put that on my business card. Uh, Soon after, she began lusting after a man named, uh, how would you even pronounce that? Diuga? That's only got four letters and I can't even pronounce I, it. I will, you know, so you know the rapper Tyga, T-Y-G-A? I'm, gonna, I'm assuming this is Daiga. I'll go with that. Sounds better than whatever garbage I just said. <laughs> so Daiga from a neighboring tribe. They escaped into the valleys only to be captured soon after. <gasps> she broke free and threw herself into the waters. That sort of sounds like you ever seen The Last of the Mohicans? Yes, that's right. Yeah. It really reminds me of that. Hmm. Um, 
Ulana screamed for Daiga to follow, and he did. The legend does not tell what happened to him, but Ulana disappeared among the boulders and rushing waters. Uh. Today, signs are posted warning to keep away from the rocks and strong currents. Tourists who ignore the risks say they can hear Ulana's cries for her forbidden lover. Mm. That's another one you always hear when it's that a lot of times it's the wailing or the crying that you always hear left behind, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what a tragic tale. And it really does remind me of Last of the Mohicans quite a lot. Yeah. This, again, see, this one sounds a little more realistic to me in terms of if it's haunted, it sounds like they're not just stealing from, you know, uh, a campfire tale that everyone's told before. This sounds like something that's it's it's happened before. You know what I mean? These kinds of stories. But it's it still seems kind of um, unique in 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 what happened and the character, even the names of the, the, the characters in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the names. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Higby Beach, New Jersey. I can't say that I've ever been there. Uh, Craig McManus has spent many years recording instances of Cape May, New Jersey's many ghosts. Uh, Cape May, New Jersey's many ghosts. McManus is a psychic and an author. He claims to feel and sometimes see the presence of spirits when he walks the sand of Hig- Higby Beach. One such spirit is that of a man in a long coat, sometimes walking a black dog. McManus reports that the Higby family built the Hermitage Hotel in 1823 near the beach. Both Higby brothers died in the 1870s, and their niece, Etta Gregory, took over the hotel. One of the brothers, Thomas, had specific instructions as to the manner of his burial and undisturbed eternal rest. When Etta, uh, uh, hold on. When Etta died in 1937, her last wishes required that Thomas be disinterred and buried with her in a different cemetery. McManus believes the man with the dog may be the discontented Thomas Higby. Reports of his sightings may be, uh, says he appears around dusk, but vanishes when approached. Again, this sounds like a realistic, you know, more of a ghost story that's tied to historical facts, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I always love it when somebody says they're psychic. I feel like if I was a psychic, I wouldn't want anybody to know. <laughs> <laughs> right, because everyone's just going to bother you. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, can you tell me what's going to happen? Long. What's going to happen? Yeah. Am I going to get that job? Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and what if you got to deliver bad news? You know, oh, that'd God. be awful. That would be awful. Um, one of the things I wanted to point out about this story as well was, it, isn't it usually bad luck if you see a black dog in when it's ghostly or something? Because isn't that supposed to be some sort of demonic thing? Yeah, I think so. I know there's uh, there's folklore about like truck drivers mm-hmm. when they're out driving. If they see a black dog, usually that's an omen of something bad. Yeah. Or something trying to tell them not to go a certain way, that type of deal. So yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'd be interested to 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 check this out as a matter of fact. I mean it's not that far from me, New Jersey. We'll see. Well how close is this one to you? Lake Rokoncoma in Long Island, New York. Uh, it's on the other side of the state, about six and a half hours. So really close is what you're telling me. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> just a hop and a skip over. Yeah. I'll just moon, moonwalk over. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> in the 1600s, uh, a, how do you say this? Uh, it's, it's a Native American tribe, but I'm going to butcher it really terribly. A, a uh, Native American princess <laughs> named, <laughs> named Tuscawada fell in love with a white woodsman named Hugh Birdsall, what a name, Hugh Birdsall, who returned her affection. Sadly, her father 
bared or barred her. I don't know why I said bared. <laughs> her father bared her. Uh, her father barred her from seeing him. Tuscawana spent seven years writing love letters to her view on tree bark, attempting to send them by floating them across the lake that kept them separated. After never getting a single response, she gave in to despair, rode out to the middle of the lake, and stabbed herself through the heart. Oh my god. Man, this is like a like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. As the legend goes, the tragic princess vowed to pull one young <gasps> man into a watery grave every year since. Looking at statistics for drownings over a century's time, the lake averages well over one a year. So there we go. She said one a year and that's oh, man. that's that's right on there. That's why I feel like the if former, we really did look into the other, we would see that three white men die every year in that one. I bet you know what? I'm really curious about it for sure. You have to look into it. Uh, yeah, a former lifeguard revealed in the, in the 34 years he spent patrolling the beaches, 30 male victims drowned. Wow. A researcher points out, however, that her two centuries of findings points to more drownings of women and children than men. Uh, faithfully, the lake has been closed to swimming due to uh, an algae bloom. I've never even heard of that like being an issue. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, that. Uh, it's weird looking. Is it? I mean, I know algae. I mean, I know what algae looks like, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, they bloom. The lady of the lake will have to find a new way to claim her victims. Uh, I didn't know algae bloomed, though. I don't know why I never even thought about that. Yeah. Um. Again, this one Strange. to me sounds like it could be true because they go in on you know actual names and people. I'm I'm sure we can look up and find that Hugh Birdsall was a guy back then. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's actual names here for sure, like you were saying. And I don't know, I just always felt like Native American folklore always had at least a bit of truth to it somehow. Yeah, I always felt so. All right, Chris, take us to Virginia. Going to Virginia. Uh, Braley Pond in Virginia. Uh, The George Washington National Forest in Virginia is apparently home to several spooky areas, one of which is the tranquil Braley Pond, open for trout fishing plus hiking and biking. Unfortunately, in May of 2003... It was the site of a brutal gang murder. Suicides in the forest nearby have also been reported. Many visitors of the campgrounds uh, report feelings of nausea, disorientation, and the dread that comes on suddenly. Shadowy figures and children's laughter have also been reported. There you go. Your place to stay, Johnny. Yeah. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) The pond seems to be the spot of the most intense occurrences. In 2006, the members of the Shenandoah Valley Paranormal Society investigated the pond. One member claimed, quote, Something came home with me that night. It felt like slime. I could feel it moving around on my skin. Now, that's weird. Is that how, you, is that, is that how you think we sound? <laughs> that's how Vir- Virginians sound. Uh, that's Virginians. W- <laughs> Virginians. That's weird, dude. I would not. Like, what? There's slimy stuff moving around on your skin? No. Yeah, that's. That's gross. I don't even like if something's crawling on my skin. Oh, forget it. Um, there are rumors that one of the researchers may have committed suicide after the visit. I don't know that that could be a rumor. That's either yes or no. Like, you could find yeah. that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. That's not a rumor. That's either a fact or something somebody made up. Yeah. There's no in-between. Right. The most disturbing <laughs> tale of a haunting at the lake comes from paranormal researcher Shay Willis. Willis and a friend decided to investigate the pond with a group of a dozen teenagers interested in parapsychology. Willis, every time I hear the word parapsychology, I think of Ghostbusters. 
Yeah, uh, same. Willis sensed anxiety immediately upon arrival. Not long after, two of the teens got physically ill. Feeling the strongest psychic reaction she had ever felt, Willis decided to end the trip. Later that night, Willis and her friend decided to go back. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. The sense of dread was upon them as soon as they returned. Willis recalled, quote, This presence didn't feel like the others. It didn't even feel human. They soon heard something in the water, and as they turned, a green orb was hovering above the pond. While Willis was fumbling for her camera, the sound in the water began to get increasingly louder. She and her partner decided it was finally time to leave. As they ran, Willis's friend was flung into the air and into the water. Whoa. As she called for him, she felt something. This sounds amazing. Yeah. As she called for him, she felt something large crawling on her back. Oh, God. This thing has everything, right? It's got water, deep yeah, water. This is like this, yeah, this is the creepiest of all of them so far, <laughs> and it's not even close to me. Her fr- yeah, the gold green orbs and everything. Her friend had made it back to the truck, and when Willis got there, neither of them could find anything on her body. So she waited to get there before she checked to see what was crawling on her. That's a weird thing. She would go on yes, to have yes. nightmares and a general horrible feeling for a long time after. Over the next few months, Willis made several return trips. She encountered various strange occurrences each time. While Willis's story may sound fantastical to many, it should make you think twice about a trip to Braley Pond. It kind of makes me want to go now and see what the deal is. Yeah, there's so many weird things that they just said. Uh, I mean, how could you not? Another thing I was thinking, too, I don't know why this is slightly off topic, but when you said Virginia... <laughs> um, you know what was weird? Like in 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 the NBA, in basketball, which is my favorite sport, these two guys got into like a fight on the court recently, right? Uh-huh. And they don't like each other. So of course, in our day and age, it means you go to social media and you uh, call out the other person, which is what they did. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them, and one of them called the other a pussy. That's what they called them. You know? <laughs> and then, but I was thinking, you know, I don't understand why that. If you really think about it, why is that? considered a weak thing i can't think of anything stronger than one of those oh yeah I, a baby yeah a baby comes out of them yep and 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 we know one of the weakest things is if you even flick my balls i'm i'm doubled <laughs> over <laughs> you know but, but we act like if you say you have balls it's like you're strong and tough it doesn't make any sense to me. It's kind of yeah backwards. i've heard i've heard that argument from women uh, my wife has said that before. Well, she's right. like, she's just like, give me a break. Like, really? That's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, you should take it. Be proud if someone called you one. Yeah, exactly. I would be. I mean, it's way tougher than balls. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah, you should go around calling people nutsacks. You're a nutsack. Yeah, I've had. I've been. You know. You know when your uh, buddies. And you're like, hey, oh, what's yeah. the capital of China? And then they hit you there. <laughs> like, they just kind of flick you a little bit. I've been, I've lost, you know, I've run out of breath from that before. So. <laughs> and forget it, when, right. forget it in the, like, the changing room of the showers when you used to whip people with the towels. Oh, Stay yes. away from that area, bro. You're down for the count. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got always got to be a quick turnaround so it's on the high. <laughs> That's what I say. It's the safest place for that. Uh, All right, here we go. Let's go to, now this place I have heard of. Hell's Bar Dam in Tennessee, Tennessee. Uh, America's first hydroelectric dam. The Hell's Bar was constructed in the early 20th century. Little did they know they were building it on cursed land. That would just be the beginning. Uh, The Treaty of Sycamore Shoals, agreed upon between Daniel Boone and several Cherokee leaders, was signed in 1775. One of the leaders, Dragon Canoe, that's their actual name, I guess, uh, was outraged and vowed 
the land would forever remain dark and bloody for all those who lived there. The surrounding waters were already deemed sacred by local natives. They believed they could see the souls of their ancestors being sucked into the largest of the water's whirlpools. Wow. So I don't know if you've seen videos of this place, but it has whirlpools and everything here. A lot of um, the more famous, uh, fam- I don't want to put a T on that, the more famous <laughs> Uh, of, of your ghost investigators mm-hmm. and such have done shows at this place. That's oh. how I even know of it. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty wild and interesting place. It has a wild history. Hmm. To it. Uh, the construction of the dam was fraught with horrific problems. There were accidents and conflict amongst the workers with regards to race. Uh, many workers, perhaps even several hundred, died while working. On Hell's Bark, I don't know. This is one of those things, too. Perhaps several hundred. Just look up the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the dam also leaked soon after completion. The decision was made to flood the area below the dam, which ended up washing out an old cemetery. Oh, God. And that's, that is true. You can still go there today and still, that water is still over the cemetery. And you can actually, if you dive in, you can see old gravestones and stuff. That is crazy. Uh, yes. Uh, and when the water's low, you can just see these gravestones just kind of peeking up over the water. It's kind of creepy. Uh, in the 1960s, the dam was finally closed. The new dam was named for an old Cherokee village. Uh, Nickajack is the name of it. In true Tennessee dam fashion, <laughs> it flooded the old village for which it was named. Oh, God. There was a dam flood. Today, visitors to the old Hell's Bar dam might encounter Cherokee spirits, the ghost of a murdered woman, Ghosts of the workers who perished, or a demon in a tunnel below. Tourists also have reported seeing apparitions and disembodied footsteps kicking up dust, and here's the worst for me, children's voices crying and yelling are also common occurrences. Uh, this uh, this place, if you, can, you can find a video of this place pretty easily if you just look for it. Um, they, uh, one of the popular theories is that water is conducive and kind of helps spirits out, you know, getting energy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned before how you know water literally gives us electricity, mm-hmm. so it, it can help with that too. Apparently, so a lot of those places like this dam are are kind of active. Wow. But yeah, the next one we have. How, how would you feel? Uh, how would you feel real quick if you were just on this lake and you were just you know having a good time on a lake and you bumped into a grave? Oh God, <laughs> a gravestone that would be in the insane, middle of the lake. dude. That would be just so crazy, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. That freaked me out. Yeah, big time. Big time. No way. No thanks. No thanks, no time. I'd go check the place out, though. I, it's, you know, it sounds interesting. It sounds like it's got everything. Demons, ghosts, ghostly women, ghostly men, ghostly children. <laughs> yes, all kinds of different ghosts. They're like, you name it, we got it. Yeah. And it's fairly huge, too, from uh, from what I've seen. It's a giant place. I'm going to have to check that out. I don't think I've ever seen any of the shows that have gone there, so I'll look it up on YouTube and see what I can find. Uh, let, the next one uh, that we're doing here, this one I can believe because we've heard stories of the Queen Mary before, right? Um, right. We know that this is an ocean liner. It's currently it's docked in California, and it's it's rumored to be one of the most haunted ships in the world. Uh, the Queen Mary Hotel is an ocean liner that used to sail in the North Atlantic from the 1930s to the 1960s. It has been run as a hotel for the last half century. The hotel itself is considered one of the most haunted in the country. Its first-class swimming pool seems to be the center of it all. Two women may have drowned in it. Again, may have. 
Yes. <laughs> Two women may have drowned in it back when the ship was in operation. The ghosts were seen there today. Uh, ghosts seen there today seem to only be women. The most reported figures appearing are of an adult woman and a young girl named Jackie. Some say young Jackie plays hide and seek at night with guests. That's creepy. Guests can claim to see wet footprints around the edge of the empty pool. Um, that doesn't. Oh, it's empty. I was gonna say that doesn't make sense, but it's empty, so yeah, that shouldn't be wet. <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, yes, dude. Can you imagine if like this little girl, you could see her like peeking out from behind corners and stuff, playing hide and seek with you? I think it's unfair for a ghost to play hide and seek. You got an <laughs> advantage, right? Yeah, she's not fair. At she's all. like, I never won anything in my life. I, I no games I played. I never won. This is the one I can win. You got to play with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you know when kids come up making their own games where they're going to win no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. a ghost. Uh, we're playing hide and seek, and you're trying to explain to this ghost how it doesn't work, and it's not fair. No, we're playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen like a a giant empty pool? It's really strange. Yeah. And it's kind of creeping its own right. When I went to the Biltmore House, which is in Asheville, which is not too far from me, it's this huge, one of the biggest houses in America. You know, the Biltmores were really rich when they built it way back when, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So they do all kinds of tours through it now. It's obviously considered haunted as as well, of course, uh, but it was one of the, I believe it had one of the, at, at the time, I'm sure it's been passed by now, it had one of the largest indoor swimming pools ever, right? So the tour takes you by there, and of course it's empty now, it has no water in it, it's been drained for years, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just kind of, it's got a, its own aura about it, yeah. it really is creepy just to look at. Yeah, it's almost like if you believe in the kind of energy that water holds, then you have to understand that there's got to be some sort of residue left behind. Yeah, it's got to be something, right? Yeah. All right, so let's go. This is number one. Let's go to Lake Superior. Now, the Great Lakes, I have heard all kinds of things mm-hmm. about the hauntings and such. So, oh, yeah. Uh, this is on the Canadian side, the SS Kamloops. Or Kamloops. Uh, for those who have seen the haunted submarine film below... This story might bring about the same watery chills. I have not seen that. Have you seen that? No, I've never even heard of it. I haven't either. Uh, in the late uh, in late fall 1927, the SS Kamloops was encountering trouble during a storm on Lake Superior. Now, I have heard that a lot of ships do go down in the Great Lakes because of storms and stuff. Yeah. They're actually a lot more treacherous than you would think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And some of the lakes, I can't remember, I think, is, is it Superior? Or no, maybe it's Michigan. One of the lakes is... So like super deep that they do they uh used to have submarine exercises in them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they do jumping jacks yep. and stuff. Yep, they were doing calisthenics underwater, the submarines were. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say this too. Anytime I hear anything with the word loops on it, I instantaneously think of fruit loops. <laughs> Is it just me? Too. Okay. Because every time you no, say cam loops, loops, I see fruit loops in my head. Yeah, because those are delicious. That's why you think of those. <laughs> uh the captain of its accompanying ship, the Quadoc spotted a massive wave brewing and changed course to Fort William. His warning to the can loops or fruit loops must have been, uh, must have come too late as it never arrived after three weeks of searching in terrible winter weather. That's the other thing I always hear too. The yeah. weather there can get pretty awful. Yeah. Uh, the search was called off the next spring. The remains of nine crew members and a lifeboat were found on a small Island near a makeshift fire pit. The ship itself would go down as one of the ghost ships, of the Great Lakes. Dozens of ships vanished without a trace. 
They're still finding ships today, from what I've mm-hmm. from what I understand. They still go find ships that they didn't know were there before. Which blows my mind because of the technology we have, like the the radar penetrating technology anymore. Like, I, I feel like we should have seen everything that's at the bottom of every piece of water on Earth by now, right? Yes, if we remember the oceans, just because they're so vast. Yeah. It just feels uh, weird. Yeah, like a lake or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, half a century after its sinking, however, the SS Kamloops was found. The near freezing temperatures at the bottom of Lake Superior kept the vessel uh, extremely well preserved. The food was in remarkable condition and crew cabins still looked eerily lived in. That would be kind of creepy, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, man, that would be. Only the most experienced divers braved the depths and frigid temps of the lake floor. Those divers began to tell a tale of a Kamloops crew member who appeared to them below. Here you go. Here's a literally underwater ghost. Uh, They nicknamed him Grandpa. Sometimes they saw him lounging in a crew bunk, watching them explore. Others claimed to see him go about his crew routines. The most frightening stories were of Grandpa following them as they swam. Oh God! He would sometimes even reach out and touch them. Oh God! And now it's creepy. <laughs> no, <laughs> leave me alone, Grandpa! <laughs> Don't touch me, Grandpa! Uh, we're getting some different territory there. <laughs> yeah, it's underwater. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, during their investigations, divers also found the remains of a fantastically preserved crew member. Oh man! In the engine room. The body still had its flesh maintained in icy mummification. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the other thing. Sometimes they'll find bodies and they're still, because of how the water can preserve sometimes, like they're still kind of all there, which is pretty wild considering, all, you know, there's there's fish and stuff that are, you know, wildlife or mm. whatever you want to call it. This is weird. Uh, the corpse, they say, uh, the corpse, they say, would seem to follow them around in much the same way as Grandpa did. Oh, God. They would, they would often report seeing both in one trip. But never in the same room. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing, are you Batman or not? I never see you in the same place. I was about to say, you never see Batman and me in the same room. Just saying. You never see, ba- you never see Batman and Grandpa in the same room. Exactly. <clears throat> Grandpa never attempted to hurt anyone. The diver said he seemed happy to just have company. That just makes me sad for him. <laughs> yeah, right? Because as he sit down uh, there waiting for the next, like, divers, what's he doing? Just kind of yeah. chasing fish around, trying to touch them? Kind of like a Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the cause, <laughs> the cause of the SS Kenlo sinking was never actually uncovered. Uh, perhaps Grandpa lingers so he may discover what led him and his companions to their watery graves. My guess would be uh, one of those storms came yeah. by and sunk the ship. Would be my guess. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I had a friend whose dad was. Uh, he was one of these guys that whenever there was, you know, hap- out on the lakes. Um, if a boater was in trouble or a storm came up and there was a boater out there, he was one of the uh, kind of like a coast guard auxiliary. Is that what that's called? Like when they, when they're, um, what do you call it? Uh, volunteering. Yeah. You go out there and try to save. Yeah. Them. He'd be a part of that. And it happens all the time, man. These storms come up on the big lakes out of nowhere and, and, and it could, you didn't expect it. Maybe it was supposed to be a clear day uh, and it changes really fast. It's a weird, weird, like wind stream that goes across that part of the country. So it's constantly, constantly whipping up crazy, you know, weather on those lakes and it's dangerous, man. Just one big wave. It's just like out in the ocean will sinks one of those ships. And like we've seen, a lot of them are so deep and so frigid and cold that it's 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 almost like the Titanic. Once you're in the water for a certain amount of time, you're done. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, on top of it just being deep water, 
Uh, and if you're not, not a strong swimmer, yep. it's also the, the t- water temperatures themselves can do you in. Yeah, exactly. So there yeah. you go. That's the first one I've ever heard of a ghost being underwater, man. That's to me. Yeah, I, so feel I don't like, think I've ever heard that either. No, I feel like we hit the jackpot. We finally found one. <laughs> I think so, too. That's probably my favorite one of all the ones we read. We, had some, we read some good ones, yeah. but an underwater ghost is pretty incredible, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I like that one a lot. So there you go. Definitely. Uh, so Grandpa's our favorite. We're picking Grandpa here. We're team Grandpa. Yeah, the the touchy Grandpa is our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's fun. Now, now, Chris, you know old people aren't touchy. <laughs> well, on that note, to be that. on that note, I'm putting on my swim trunks, man, and I'm heading out of the clubhouse because uh, there's a lake right outside our Creeper Clubhouse that's calling my name. I'm going for a night swim, and uh, if I don't come back. Well, you know, that's you know what they say. Uh, it's better to swim in pairs, so I guess I gotta go with you. This is the smartest idea we've ever had. Let's do it. <laughs> we're diving right in. Uh, thanks for listening. Who cares about the storm? Yeah, we're, we're diving head first, no matter how deep the water is or how not deep it is. Uh, we're gonna dive in head first. Uh, wish us luck, listeners. Thanks for listening. We very much appreciate you all. And of course, as always, I invite you to stay hard. Oh,